Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. All right, uh, let's go. If you love curling, you've come to the right place. This is another edition of Inside Curling. We do it each and every week with our two World Curling Hall of Famers. Not me, Warren Hansen, of course, and Kevin Martin. Bunch of stuff to talk about on the show today. And we want to thank our sponsor, Sports Interaction, uh, who brings you what's happening around the curling world. Nestle Boost for the email. We call it mailbag. Coyote Tractors, the sponsor of Hot Rock Topics and Goldline. Brings you in the house, which is our guest segment, which we do have today. So you'll find out who that's going to be shortly. A bunch of events is happening. The Stu Sells Classic in Brantford. The DeKalb Superspiel in Morris, Manitoba. And there's a mixed double event in Winnipeg. Part of a mixed doubles super series. Super sounds big. Also in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. The Everest Canadian Seniors is happening this week. So we're going to have a look at that. Curling Canada is announcing where the Briar is going to be in 2024. Talked about it last week, right? Tim Horton's not going to be involved after a couple of years. And the third Grand Slam of the season is underway at the 16-mile sports complex in Oakville. And Kevin, you are there. Also, Hot Rock Topics, there's an event taking place in Finland the week of December 8th to the 19th that Canada has never been a part of. It is the World Junior B Curling Championship, which is the World Junior Championships relegation round. We're going to find out what that means. Take a good close look at that. Today's email is from Joe Pavia in the mailbag segment with some suggestions on what Curling Canada might be looking for for a sponsor for the Briar. In the house, stick curling. This is music to my ears, okay? I've been practicing, uh, fellas, okay, regular curling. I said I was going to join a club. I got down in the hack, okay, in my living room the other night. Warren, I had to wait four hours till my children got here to help me up. Okay, so that was yeah. so stick curling. We're going to talk to the president of the Canadian Stick Curling Association, Randy Olson. Let's get to it. What's happening around the curling world? Brought to you by Sports Interaction. You want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction. Get in on the action and make a play at Sports Interaction. You got to be nineteen and in Ontario, and please play responsibly. Kevin. Bunch of events happening this past week and uh, in different places around the world. Let's start with the Stu Cells in Brantford, the Nissan Classic. Yeah, the Nissan Classic, absolutely. Women's side first, Jim. It's a 20-team field. Big game, in my opinion, happened in the quarters. Unjun Kim of South Korea and Unji Gim out of South Korea battled, and Gim ended up winning that game 6-4. to four. So that was a huge game in the quarters, having... Unji Gim win the semis, go to the final against Daniel Inglis. Now, Inglis, tough team too, though. She's uh, been to the Scotties twice in 2018 and 2021. Gim ended up winning that one fairly easy, 7-2 over Inglis. So, but in my opinion, that the big game was in the quarters in that one. On the men's side, 24-team event. 
two big games in the semis. We had Pat Ferris out of uh, Grimsby, Ontario, taking on Mike McEwen. This still sounds weird. Mike McEwen out of Toronto. Right. Because, of course, Mike played at Winnipeg for a 1,000 years. Ferris actually won that game. He stole four in the sixth against Mike McEwen. So they ended up winning that semi. On the other side, Felix Aslan out of Montreal taking on young Tanner Horgan, of course, with Darren Molding throwing third out of Sudbury. And Aslan won that one, a 6-2, to two, with a 5 in the 7th. So it was actually one down, playing 7, and got 5. In the final, Ferris, down 1 coming home, got a deuce to win that final 5-4. So Pat Ferris won that one. Kev, can anyone play in the Stu Cells? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. There's an entry fee and yep. uh, to play in them. And, of course, it's a very difficult event. Yeah. Um, lots of tough teams. But it's open so anybody can give a crack. And there's points available, Jim. So that's the thing. If you're a young team and you're trying to get started, you play a bunch of events. And if you can qualify in a few, you gather up points. Right. If you get enough points, you can start to climb the scale to bigger and, and better things. But it's it's not easy. It's obviously difficult to... When you're talking about in the semis here, you've got Tanner Horgan and Mike McEwen, Pat Ferris, and... And, and Felix Aslan, all in the semis, obviously it's difficult to get there. Right, so it's an important event. Warren, the Mixed Doubles Super Series continued this past weekend in Winnipeg. Give us an update. Well, Jim, there were some well-seasoned Mixed Doubles teams in this event, both Canadian and world. Mm. The Canadian twosomes that it would be of note were Rachel Holman and Tyler Tardy, Laura Walker, Kirk Myers, Shannon Burchard, and John Morris, new Mixed Doubles team. Mm-hmm. Internationally, you'll remember these teams from the Olympics last year. From Australia, Gill and Hewitt, Scotland, Dodds and Mowat, and Norway, Skaslian and Nedvergotten. In the end, it was a Canadian all-final. Jocelyn Peterman and Brent Gallant were the winners. Again, have done very well in mixed doubles over the years. And they defeated another team of Canadians that we haven't really heard much of before. Charlene Kurtz and Braden Stewart from Regina were the other finalists. So the mixed double circuit continues to get bigger. And I think the big challenge going ahead, we're here with the mixed doubles mm-hmm. circuit or the super series. will be try to coordinate that, that it doesn't conflict with men's and women's events, which they're doing not a bad job of that so far. But uh, there were a couple of mixed doubles teams that uh, would, would normally have probably been in here that they weren't because uh, particularly Nancy Martin was playing in that event in, uh, in Brantford. Anyway, it continues to roll along. The DeKalb Superspiel was played in Morris, Manitoba. It involved uh, both men and women. Kev, over to you. Yeah, just another really, really good bond spiel. Um, on the women's side, Jim, there's, it's an 18-team event. Uh, in the semis, we'll go back to the semis just because it was such a good game. Clancy Grandy, who has just been fantastic this year out of Vancouver, uh, played Abby Acklin in the, in, out of Winnipeg. And Acklin actually won that in a really tight game in the semi. So a huge win for Abby Acklin. Uh, in the other semi, we've got Nancy Martin out of Saskatoon taking on Jennifer Jones. Martin steals, scores one in the first, steals one in the second, steals a third, steals one in the fourth, ends up winning that semi six to four. And Ackland uh, versus Nancy Martin in the final, uh, seven three with a four in the six. So Abby Ackland uh, with a big win. At in Morris, uh, Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Let's go on to the men's here. Uh, we've got. I'll go back to the semis again. 
Matt Dunstone beating Ryan Weeb 7-3 in a fairly lopsided game. Reed Crothers against the gold medalist John Schuster. Really good game. Crothers steals one in the sixth to go up two, and that was kind of the difference in that one. Crothers wins, so it's a Matt Dunstone-Reed Crothers final. Dunstone, we've talked about him all year. 7-2 for the second event win for their team this season. So great year for Matt Dunstone and another great event beating Reed Crothers in the final. Big fields, Kevin. Is this thing, why would they conflict with the Stu Cells? Did they happen at the same time? Yeah, and there's, well, there's just only so many weekends in a year, you know, and it's, that, that's really the bottom line, but that's east and west, right? You've got Manitoba and, and okay. Ontario. So yeah, you try not to get them too close together because you're right, It's uh, they're big they're big fields, and you need mm-hmm. enough teams. You wouldn't want to have one in Toronto and, say, in, in Brantford or whatever, and then or in Winnipeg and Brandon, right? You don't want them too close together. Gotcha. Warren, the Everest Canadian Seniors Championship is taking place in Nova Scotia. Uh, give us a rundown. All right, Jim. Well, it's happening all this week in Yarmouth. It'll end next weekend. But just to remind everyone... The seniors in curling is for curlers over the age of 50. It's men and women with a representative from each province and territory. They're playing two round-robin pools of seven with the top two teams from each pool advancing to a sudden-death 14 playoff that will happen next weekend again in Yarmouth. The big thing to watch in this event is on the women's side, and Sherry Anderson from Saskatchewan is trying to win her fifth consecutive Canadian Seniors Championship. Sherry is a player who's been around for a long time, was great in the women's game for probably almost 20 years. Kevin will remember her well from the Olympic trials back in 2001, which of course he won on the men's side, when she was narrowly defeated by Kelly Law in the final two. In fact, it could have gone to the Olympics. So well-known player, and she's trying to win her fifth consecutive Canadian Senior Women's Championship this week. We'll watch that. Very good. Boy, lots of curling going on. Uh, Warren, I am riveted. I'm on the edge of my seat waiting with bated breath. Every time I see the word curling Canada, Kev, I, I sit down and go, oh no, what's Hanson going to do here? What's he going to do? <laughs> but they made an announcement this week, Warren. They did. And it wasn't a new sponsor, Jim. It was the site of the 2024 Briar, and it's going to be held at the Brant Center in Regina. It's going to be the fourth time that the Briar will be held at the Brant Center and the sixth time that Regina will be the host. They first held the Briar in Regina back in 1955 when legendary curler Grant Kernick Campbell won Saskatchewan its first ever Briar. So that was quite a celebration back at that time. The event returned again in 1976, and then in 92. 2006, 2018, and now 2024. I want to talk about the 2006 Briar in Regina for a minute. Kevin played in that Briar. It was kind of an interesting situation. This is back when I, I wasn't very involved. We were riding the crest of the way. We were just coming out of Ebden with an attendance of 280,000. We were really afraid that Regina, with a probably just under 7,000 seats, was going to sell out very quickly. So we decided to create a Briar patch that was going to be huge. We went into an indoor soccer field, 100,000 square feet, and it was the first time in Briar history we marketed the Briar Patch as a separate entity. It was called Party Gras. And you could buy a ticket for the patch without getting into the arena, which, again, this had been fought by host committees and old Briar people for years. you got to have a ticket to the arena to get in the patch. Well, they did do well. It was the most successful Briar Patch in the history of the Briar. You may remember, remember Jim, you were one of the MCs. Yes. The attendance in there a few nights was over 8,000 people. We had Blue Rodeo as the opening act on the first Friday night. And uh, it was the most successful Briar Patch forever, except one problem happened. 
When we hit the final weekend, and I remember this well, following the draw, both Friday night and Saturday, there was about a thousand people lined up outside who couldn't get in. <laughs> and that started the ball rolling. And as a result, we had to, from that point forward, resort back to the only way you got into a patch was to buy a ticket to get in the arena. And from my point of view, that was a big mistake. We had we had discovered something new with a way to market the briar, because you may remember that briar patch was full of young people. Yeah. And it was just rocking. And uh I think that was a huge mistake made after 2006. Yes. Kevin, you remember it well. <laughs> I do. I, I remember that really well. Isn't that funny that, well, not funny. I guess it was really kind of sad, but yeah, you had that huge patch that was so popular. But I do remember the lineups of people outside, but they were the ones that actually paid for curling tickets. So you come, because of course you watched the game at the Briar. Now you're going to want to go to the patch but there was no room for any of the people who came from the building who were watching the curling because right. the patch was already filled with people partying all the time. So right. it was kind of a double-edged sword. Like you're making money hand over fist and super you know, popular and, and successful, but then the actual curling people couldn't get in to have a beer <laughs> when it was done. So, <laughs> so it was kind of, you know, what, what do you do? But yeah, I, I remember it really well. The other, uh, the other thing, Warren, uh, that slightly backfired on your uh, lovely MC. Uh, it's called Party Gras, which is a play on Mardi Gras. Okay, Kevin, and I don't know if you guys know about Mardi Gras, but all the all the men are on balconies while this parade's going up and down the street, and they throw beads, okay, out to the women, Kev, and uh, the the women have been known to, you know, if you give them beads, they'll flash you. So uh, when Warren told me about this, I said, "Are you kidding me? I know what happens with these things." <laughs> Not all of them, Kev or Warren, but the odd one. Uh, anyway, that was a riot, Warren. That what would you do different, Warren? Then now, like it's, it's some of it's a guessing game, Warren. How do you know how many people are going to show up at the beer garden? I think it was a a wake up that if you market the patch as a separate entity, it's going to be the way to bring in new younger people in association with the event, and I think. You know, traditionally, the people who had uh, been attending the Briars, they were older. And I think the other thing that was all, already starting to creep in, the fact of they went to a patch after the game, they had a couple of beer and they left. And that's really the issue today. Uh, Briar patch uh, that, that I was at in the last couple of Briars, like I think 2019, 1130 at night, you can fire a cannon through there and hit no one because uh, yeah. they're all gone. So I'm not sure exactly how you find a sweet spot, but I think it was uh, something that was uncovered there that uh, was a lost moment. Maybe more beads, Kev. Maybe that's what we have to go back to the beads. Okay, let's move along. The next Pinty's uh, Grand Slam event, uh, the World Financial Group Masters, is on this week. Uh, started uh, December 6th in Oakville at the 16-mile sports complex. And, Kevin, of course, you're on call for it. Two things now, boys. Okay, we're going to get your breakdown of the event. But, Kevin, you're going to pick some winners. So are you, Warren. And so am I. The big fellow is going to weigh in. Oh, we can't wait for that. Who I think is going to win? <laughs> I got a good, I got a good feeling about my picks this year. So, <laughs> so Kev, you go ahead. I want to say something about the Mardi Gras first. Um, so, okay. <laughs> I was right, right, uh, right before the Mardi Gras a couple of years ago. Sean and I were watching Michaela play softball down in the area, and uh, so let's go and stay on Bourbon Street. So we ended up booking one of these the hotels that have the uh, balconies right over top of Bourbon Street that you're talking about. But this is not during Mardi Gras. This is right the week prior, the week before. And anyway, so we thought this would be great. We're on the second floor, have a drink out on the balcony. It was wonderful. And then we go down Bourbon Street and, and, and you know, party and stuff. And anyway, I did not know how loud Bourbon Street was. And so at about 
you know, midnight or so, we go down to Bourbon Street, it's just firing up, and we we stay down there, you know, we're getting older, we stay down until 2, 2.30, that's it, we, you know, it's time to go to bed, go back to the hotel, Bourbon Street doesn't quiet you guys till at least 6 a.m., Yeah. so the, like, I mean, it's loud, like football stadium loud, and the per- so 6 a.m., finally, we can get some sleep, so just, just sleeping, and then at about 8 o'clock, then it switches over to little kids out there, and they turn pails over, and they start drumming, oh. trying to get <laughs> trying to get money from people. So from six o'clock till eight in the morning, you could get some sleep. Other than that, forget it. Luckily, we were only on Bourbon Street for I think two or three nights because there was no sleep ad. But anyway, on to the WFG Masters, Jimmy. Just so I tell that story. We gave it a try from those balconies. Anyway, it's in Oakville, Ontario. As we tape this show, uh, the Round Robin is just getting underway, but what a great event. Top 16 men, top 16 ladies. Our coverage on Sportsnet starts uh, Thursday, December 8th at 11.30 Eastern. So everybody tune in then. The action is starting Tuesday morning. So anyway, lots of action going on. I can't really update anything because the Round Robin just got going. So uh, it's all your your normal best teams, and there's some a few new ones. and uh, But we'll, uh, we'll be able to cover that a little bit better on our next podcast, but happy to try to pick the semifinals if you want, Jimmy. All right. I want your four. Which, women or men? Ladies first. Okay. I'm really going out on a limb. Rachel Holman, been winning lots lately. Who's that? Carrie Anderson, <laughs> Unji Gim, and Satsuki Fujisawa. So I've got Anderson, Gim, Fujisawa, and Holman. Write those down, Warren. I got it, Jim. All right. Now your pick, Warren, for the women. On the women's side, and this is, uh, I think, really tough. I'm virtually, uh, I was looking at probably about 10 teams, I think, that could really make it here. But I'll go with uh, some of Kevin's picks. Einerson and Homan, for sure, although I know Einerson lost a game in the opening draw. Got to stick with Silvana Terrazzoni. Uh, they've been playing uh, so well throughout the year. And I think Jennifer Jones, I think that team is finally going to come forward this week. They had some good good uh, play last week, almost made it to the finals, I think, in Brantford. So those will be my four. Now, Jim, you're four. Okay. I need to know who's in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, pick one. <laughs> I host this bloody thing. I should know this stuff. I'm going to go with Terenzoni. Oh, that's stepping right out there. And I like Jennifer and Rachel and Carrie. So the, I've, those are different picks yep. of mine compared to yours. Okay, Terenzoni, Rachel, Jennifer. And Carrie Anderson. Anderson. Boy, this is exciting. This is riveting stuff. Okay. Men, Kevin. Okay, well, Matty Dunstone won last week. Got to pick him. He's on a roll. Somebody who's playing so good that I know might be a little bit different than everybody else, but Yannick Schwaller to get to the final four. Brad Guju. And then I've had a real problem here picking between um, Botcher and Cooey. They play. They actually play in a couple of hours. I'm going to go watch the game. I'm going to, just because they've struggled so much this year and they've got their back against the wall, I think the team Botcher might be able to pull it together and try and get to a semi here. So I'm going to pick Botcher, but in a couple hours, if uh, they end up losing to Cooey, then I'll, can I change my mind? Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to. Those are my picks then. Dunstone, Schwaller, Guju, and Botch. Okay. Warren? All right. Well, I agree with Kevin. I think it's time for, for Botcher to break out. So for sure, I'm going with Botcher, and I've got to go with Gushu because uh, they've just been so, so dominant this year. 
I can't overlook Adin. Uh, I'm not sure whether they're playing with three or four this week, but uh, whoever they're playing with, they're going to be right there. And of course, Bruce Mowat, I think he's kind of been a little bit hesitant in the back this year because I think of uh, problems with the front end and the sweeping, but uh, I think this is going to be an opportunity for them to step forward. So Gushu, Mowat, Adin, and Butcher. Jim. Mine are Dunstone, Cooey, Adin, and Mowat. How's that for a fast pick? Wow. Isn't that great? You know, Jimmy, I had Nicholas Dean marked in, scratched him out, put in Schwaller, scratched him out, put a Dean in, scratched him out, put Schwaller back in. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy. These these events are so good, and there's so many good teams, it's just really hard to to tell. You know what happens, Kevin, is a lot of chafing when you sit on a fence like that, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll see how this comes out Friday when we'll be picking the two finalists for the the finals and so Uh, Let's get back to business, shall we? Anyway, if you're in Toronto, in Oakville, the Oakville area, that event is happening. So you can get over there, spend some time, and visit the Pinty's Eat Well Zone. You're going to be there, Kev. You'll probably pop by there, won't you? I will be there this afternoon in the Eat Well Zone, having a glass of wine, watching the Botcher Cooey game. Yes, look forward to it. The Grand Slam of Curling.com, if you want to get some tickets. Uh, so there we go. What's happening around the curling world? Thanks a lot to Sports Interaction. Hot Rock Topics coming up is brought to you by Coyote Tractor. If you have work to do, Coyote has the tractors, UTVs, and ZTRs to do it. We dig dirt. When we're talking about this event that's happening over in Finland, starting December 8th, that Canada will be a part of for the first time. Tell us all about it, Warren. Well, this is uh, something that's kind of fallen between the cracks, but I think we really need to talk about it because it's, uh, it's changing a bunch of things in Canadian junior curling. So last year, you may remember in the World Juniors, Canada finished ninth, and as a result, got relegated to the B side of the equation, which is being played in Finland, December 8th to 19th. There are 25 nations represented in this event, including Canada, and only the top three will advance to the 2023 World Junior Championship in Fusen uh, later next year. It gets more interesting, and the team that won Canada last year from Nova Scotia last spring was skipped by Taylor Stevens. However, Taylor Stevens is not in Finland. The person that's skipping is Emily Deshane. And Emily was skipping the Ontario team from Ottawa that was defeated by Stevens in the Canadian Junior Final last year. So you say, why isn't Stevens playing? Well, she aged out. If you remember back in 2019, Canada made a decision to start sending the junior champions to the Worlds a year after they won. And the reason they did this, because the Canadian juniors had been held in late January since probably 1995, by my memory. And the winner would go from winning the Canadian junior to the world juniors, which is usually played the early part of March. Been pressure from provincial associations in Canada forever because they felt the junior season was being ended too early. So they wanted it back into March, the Canadian championship, where it had been prior to the season champions. They finally got their way in 2019, and the event was moved, the Canadian one, to the last part of March, which meant the winner could not go to the juniors the same year at the world as they won the Canadian. And so the age on on the juniors at the world level is 21. When Canada moves this thing back to where it was back in 1995, it richly meant that the Canadian junior age was now going to be 20, because with a year in there, if you were 21 when you played in the Canadian Championship, the following year you would probably be too old. And that's what's happened to Taylor Stevens. Now, the allowance that Curling Canada made, and I wasn't really really aware of this, they have put a provision in between 2019 and this is the last year for it, 
where each team playing in the Canadian Championship can have one player who could, quote, as Stevens has, age out. And so uh, that could happen again this year. The Canadian team, men and women, that wins the Canadian Juniors, the skip might be too old to go into the World Juniors the following year, So, which I think is terrible. I, I know the pressure from the provincial associations to move that age, but all of a sudden we've got the Canadian Junior age now 20. The World Junior age is 21. I think at the junior level, if anything, the age should be going up to 22. So these people get more of an opportunity to gain experience before they're thrown out into the, mm-hmm. the curling world. And what's going to happen now in Canada, these people are going to get chucked out a year earlier after this uh, provisions taken out next year where you can have an overage player. So that's what's going on. And I, you know, it's kind of interesting. So this is a team going over here to defend Canada's honor. Um, you've changed the skip on the team. They're competing against 25 other nations and only three will be coming forward. I think it's a pretty tough task they've been given. And with a team that has been uh, virtually turned upside down, mm-hmm. I, I don't agree with it. And I think, again, if this concern that the provincial associations have had about, well, the junior Canadian finishing in January, they don't have anything to play in the rest of the year. As I suggested before, the juniors do not have a mixed doubles event. Mixed doubles is a huge thing going into the future from every point of view. And why we wouldn't have a Canadian junior mixed double championship, I don't know. This is the perfect opportunity. Play four person till the end of January, flip it over to mixed doubles at the start of February, and they play through and have a Canadian championship the end of March, early April, which I think would be perfect. Anyway, Kevin, what do you think of all this? Well, I went through the waiting a year in uh, the 85. We won the 85 junior and then waited and played the 86 worlds. Um, and that's exactly the pro. Well, the problem was that uh, I ended up because of the age of our teams, I ended up skipping two different teams the second year, one team to go to the worlds, the other team to go back to try to win another Canadian. So trying to curl with two teams nowadays, of course, it even would get more confusing because a lot of these players are going to want to play mixed doubles. Mm-hmm. So in the case that I was part of, we would have, I would have had my young Canadian team trying to win Canadians. I would have had the older team trying to go to the worlds and I would have had my mixed doubles partner trying to do that. I guess the question that should have been maybe asked to the provincial associations that wanted this change were, that's okay. It's okay to put the Canadian junior into uh, March or April, but when's the mixed doubles Canadian going to happen when it starts to happen, which is going to be very, very soon. So I, I don't know the answer. I don't know what they would have said, uh, May or, or maybe September. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just don't see a logical, this no. isn't, I, I just don't see no. where this makes any sense. If you look at it from the athlete's point of view. So if you could have the Canadian junior in January, end of December, whatever, somewhere in the middle of the year, mm-hmm. and then it kind of switches. And on these kids that love curling, they're going to play uh, mixed doubles yep. and maybe even switches Jim over time to uh, doubles where it's guys and girls, like two, two females, two males, right? Have doubles that way. It, it could easily change that way as we go forward. Right. Curling is becoming so popular uh, out everywhere across the world. So many new countries wanting to play. I think our game is just starting to change with so many countries getting involved. But I think they've really, just by not putting a mixed doubles Canadian championship at the end of the year, they're going to have to change it. it and if in a couple, three, four years, they're going to move it back again because they're going to realize it just doesn't make any sense. What? Uh, two things, Kevin. How did you do at the World Juniors in 1986, I think you said? Eight, 86 in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. We ended up losing the final to, uh, what was his name? David Aiken, I think. Oh. David, is that right? 
I think David, so, yes. David Aiken. Yep. I yep. ran into David years later at Kananaskis Golf Course or something in the parking lot, if you can imagine, <laughs> like 20 years later, and had a really good chat. Really nice guy. Anyway, we lost that final in 86, but it was a really good game, and both teams were excellent. And, cool. You know, no problem there. But uh, yeah, but the trouble with that one, trying to run two teams yeah. while you're still going to, to college. So you're trying to get through school and skip two totally different curling teams and the Canadian the worlds are all sort of happening at the same time and kind of kind of a messy situation. How about Warren? How how about this ridiculousness of so at the world stage, okay, WCF, the age is twenty one, but in Canada it's twenty. It's now gonna be twenty. That's that sounds ridiculous. Like it's gotta It's not good. I mean I lived through all that stuff in the, in the, in the uh, well, it would be the 70s and 80s, early 90s, where we were taking the team a year later that Kevin was part of. And it was it was a never-ending nightmare. Um, we were then, I think our junior age was 19, and the world age then was still 21. And we were sending teams all the time that were younger, which at that point in time, there was an unbalance, and and we got away with it. But uh, I think it hurt a lot of our teams. And, and the same situation Kevin went through, uh, we had we had going on repeatedly. We had people living in different parts of Canada, mm-hmm. uh, two of them living in Edmonton, maybe one in uh, uh, Winnipeg and one in uh, Ottawa going to school. Um, and the two in Edmonton were still in juniors. The two that were gone were now potential to play in uh, in men's or women's, but couldn't because of this this other thing. So it's just... Uh, we finally got that change in 95 and the fact that they've taken it back, I mean, uh, just doesn't make any sense. So what I would like to suggest, uh, I've received a lot of emails about this over time. And when we brought this topic up last year, we got a bunch. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't happy with it. Uh, please send us an email with your thoughts. We'd be glad to read them and uh, discuss it further. Insidecurling at gmail.com. When it, when it, coming back to that story. So uh, I was 18 in the world junior in, in 86 and uh, mm-hmm. playing against a U.S. guy, I forget, I can't remember his name, and I apologize to him for not remembering. It's a lot of years ago, but he had a wife, and I think they had a little one at eighteen. No, no, because the world you could be twenty-one. So, oh, so okay. like, 21. he's graduated. He's 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 into real life. Like he's got a real job and a wife, and like, and I'm this eighteen-year-old right. kid going, "What? <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> Are you kidding me? You, you're married? Like I hadn't even yeah. met Shawnee yet at that point. Like, you know what I mean? I was just a kid. So it's, it's funny, you know. Like this this sure. uh, this junior thing needs to be very consistent around the globe now with the world being so small in curling. Again, let's get your comments, folks. Uh, we'd love to hear from the good listener inside curling at gmail.com. Thank you to Coyote Tractor uh, bringing you hot rock topics. We go to the mailbag. We reach in there every week. Uh, brought to you by Nestle Boost. Complete nutrition to fuel your day. Uh, here it is. This is from Joe Pavia in my hometown, my second hometown in Ottawa. He writes, so Tim Hortons is abandoning curling to seek a younger demographic. <laughs> Sounds like not starting off very nicely. Uh, the writing was on the glazed donuts <laughs> when Tim attracted Justin Bieber as the face for their Bieber Bits promotion. A little play on Tim Bits. By all reports, that campaign was successful and raised income. The Briar crowd is getting older and older. Maybe Curling Canada should be looking uh, at a social media sponsor. The uh, Instagram Briar, perhaps, he writes. <laughs> a social media company has less of a problem being a title sponsor of an event that takes place every four years. The Instagram curling trials. Don't know about that one, fellas. <laughs> not sure. Uh, yeah, not 
Uh, is is the crowd did, like has it finally stopped being older and older? Warren, we talk about this all the time. No, it hasn't. Yeah, um, it's it's aging out. I guess okay. as we just talked about at the junior level, and I think. Uh, by bringing in a sponsor that's dedicated to a younger audience isn't how we're going to change it. We're going oh. to change it by doing something internally with a sport that's going to get younger people attracted and interested in it. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, I mean, a company that's directing themselves towards a young demographic wouldn't look at it anyway because yeah. uh, they know what it is. <laughs> Especially, but, Warren, but, when your demographic on Instagram is 11 years old. <laughs> but Joe makes a very good point that we've got to adjust it. When I, I look at some of my... Analysis of like the NFL, who has a special committee of about 10, 12 people, and they've got young millennials and Gen Zs on the committee and their full-time job at determining how they've got to adjust things to attract people under 40. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think right now, curling just isn't taking a serious enough look at that. I, I call it pounding the round peg into the square hole. You know, if you hit it hard enough, sooner or later, it's going to work and there's going to be younger people are going to get attracted to this. And I think uh, they're not. And we've got to change some things and we've got to analyze it. I don't know the exact answers. I'm sure Kevin doesn't, but we'll never find them out if we don't start talking about it and we're not talking about it. Kevin? Well, yeah, it's quite the topic, isn't it? Who who should be the next sponsor? That's really up to corporate Canada, but you're right. In venue experience, uh, I think uh, if you looked at a you know, a Raptors game from 20 years ago till today, you'd see quite a difference in uh, in the building and in the noise and in the levels. And if you take in any of the lacrosse action across Canada, wow, crazy building. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, curling just needs to do some, some different things. We have a terrific following. You know, ratings for curling are still fantastic. But in building experience, it, it, it is changing. But it needs to continue to change, and that's at that you know at all at all curling events, you know, to bring in a younger demographic, no question. Right. Yeah. The other the other group that's done a really good job is rugby sevens, and uh, just uh, need to take a look at some of the things they've done and how successful that is wherever it goes. They come into Vancouver a couple times a year, and they get thirty thousand people in the building for ten twelve hours at a time. Yeah. And uh, because they they are attract, and it's all young. And so they've figured out the sweet spot as to how to get them in there. Warren, I think, uh, and Kevin, I think you're going to have to watch out for, and it, it may be in the, the new sponsor of the Briar in a couple of years, that you're going to have to watch out for these gambling companies. They are, as we all know now, whatever sport you're watching on television right now is inundated with gambling companies sponsoring events. They got lots of money, tons and tons of money, and uh, they're going after, you know, the, the young crowd. So it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, Warren, you've always said too, one of the, you know, some of these big conglomerates like an Amazon or a Disney uh, or all these other guys with platoons of cash, that they're going to start to look at curling. Warren, someone's going to look up at this one day and go, uh, what's going on over here in the curling world? I don't know if we're there yet, but uh, certainly that's, that's down the road. I mean, they're going to be looking at the rights to NFL, NBA, NHL. That's where they're going to be heading, and, and it's going to be a world rights thing. And, and we need to get there, but I don't think we're ready to turn that corner yet. Okay. I thought it was a good idea, but Warren shut me down again, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Thanks a lot to Nestle Boost, uh, who bring you the mailbag segment every week. Uh, and thank you, boys, for your comments. Listen to the Inside Curling podcast ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
In the first two chapters of Painting the Pitch Red, we covered the Canadian men's national team's rise and fall. Now it's time for our triumph. It started to take off and people started to see it more. And then a big shift for me was the next generation of people born. There are Canadian kids popping up in my feed every week. You know, now when you say you're from Canada, people are asking me about Alfonso Davies. What do you do in between those moments is, is crucial for any career. Canadian soccer fans had never seen anything like that. It was just like being in your office again. We were screaming out for that professional environment. This is just a tournament. This is a celebration of a lot of things. And it was just such a brilliant Canadian moment to be part of. They are must-watch TV. Listen, wait for that World Cup in 2026. Yeah, I was pretty overwhelmed by the whole thing. The Canadian men's national team will never fail to qualify for a FIFA Men's World Cup ever again. To relive our climb to the greatest stage in sports, listen to Painting the Pitch Red, Chapter 3. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. All right, it's that time of the program, which we like each and every program that we do it in the house. Brought to you by Goldline. Goldline curling equipment can be found in pro shops and curling stores all around the world. Plus, there are retail stores in Calgary, London, Scarborough, Mississauga, and they got two stores in Ottawa. Goldline can be found at every Grand Slam of curling event and online anytime at goldlinecurling.com. Do you hear that, Warren? I heard something. Jim. That is a Santa Claus. You know what? Usually we have a knock, right? We have a guest coming in. He's been waiting. Usually it's a knock, Warren, but that's a stick. Come on in. Uh, for, we're talking about Randy Olson, who is the president of the Canadian Stick Curling Association, is our guest today on the podcast. Randy, uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, you can put the stick down. Okay, Randy, that's enough. We get it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot, Randy. Uh, where, where did we find you? Where do you live? Uh, I live in St. Albert. I'm glad to join uh, you and Warren this morning. Well, thank you. Um, we know about stick curling. Uh, I, the, the way I found out about it was I was telling Warren and Kevin uh, when we first started the show that I was going to start to curl. And, and Kevin said, maybe stick curling, Jim. Okay, maybe stick curling for you. So we all know about it. Uh, everyone's kind of familiar with it. But, but tell us, what, what is stick curling? Where did it all start? And, and where is it at now? And what's happening with it? Well, thanks a lot, Jim. Um, I'm, I'm going to give credit to a guy named uh, Carson Schultz in uh, southern Alberta, in Carstairs, Alberta. He uh, started a game called Sterling. And uh, he had a friend that uh, couldn't uh, get down in the hack and throw. So he uh, invented this game where he could uh, throw with a stick and the other person could throw from the hack. And so uh, Carson developed the, the rules back in, I think, um, 1999 or so uh, developed this game it's a two-person game and then eventually we got our stick curling association started and and we uh, got the rules all straightened out and uh, we're going great now so we've had a a national championship in our two-person stick curling game since 2005. So how does a stick get on a rock and how does it 
spin the rock? How does it turn it? How do you throw uh, a turn? It's like shuffleboard on ice. It's it's uh, you know the the stick goes on top of the rock, uh, rock handle, mm-hmm. and uh, you start walking out uh, towards the hog line, and uh, you give give it a little shove, and away the rock goes, and you watch it go down to the other end and go right to the button, just like you you play, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> all right, sure. <laughs> uh, so how you you talked about it uh, and the growth of it? You're the you're the head of the association in Canada. Is it um, b- big around the rest of the country? And, you know, tell us about that. Yeah, we've got most of the provinces on board that run uh, provincial championships now. And we've got a, um, an executive uh, board that uh, has representatives uh, from uh, several provinces in, in uh, Canada, with Nova Scotia, Manitoba, and Ontario, uh, uh, New Brunswick, <clears throat> and uh, you know we've got a we've got a real good committee there. We've got a couple of um, a rules committee to talk about our rules in case things are coming up uh, new. And uh, we've tried to incorporate some of the wheelchair uh, curling rules into the into the rules for us because we've got a, quite a few wheelchair curlers that play the game. Mm-hmm. They enjoy it quite a bit because they get a lot more uh, activity on the ice rather than playing the, the four person game. So. You had mentioned it's two people. How long are the games? How many ends? How many rocks uh, per end or sticks? Yeah, it's a, it, it's it's a great game because it only lasts an hour. Um, there's there's again there's two people. Uh, one person stays at one end. One person stays at the other end. Um, you're not allowed to go past center ice because you you don't want to go delay the game to go down and have a look at the other end and talk about the shot for five minutes. Great idea. <laughs> Love it. We, so you throw six rocks and, and uh, the other person and the next end throws six rocks back to you. So it, go, it was only six ends and it goes really good. Uh, we like our little motto that says uh, six rocks, six ends and make friends. Warren is going to love, I know Warren's loving the sound of that. So uh, over to you, Hanson. Well, the first thing, Randy, you and Jim are both in Edmonton. I want you to take him out on a sheet of curling ice and teach him how to stick curl because it's the only way he's ever going to curl yeah. without question. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Anytime, Jim. We'll, yeah. we'll get uh, you There is up. a challenge. Yeah, I, can har- I can hardly lower my head, uh, Randy. Never <laughs> mind get down in a hack. So we're going to do that for sure. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Warren. Anyway, thanks, Randy, for, for joining us. So I had never paid that close attention. I knew about this uh, whole thing going on. I hadn't realized there was only two people and you were throwing six rucks. And I'm thinking, you know, when we talk about mixed doubles being a factor in the curling club, there's a lot of complaints we get, well, the clubs don't like it because there's only four players rather than eight on the ice. Um, is this an issue? Because I was thinking, you know, you could really easily probably have, uh, accommodate a triples idea where you could have played with three players and six rocks and uh, kind of the same approach. Is there any issue with the fact that it's just two people? Well, I think one of the one of the great things about the game, uh, the two person game, Warren, is that it's that it's only an hour. So, in actual fact, if you if you looked at the pricing for each of the clubs. Uh, we actually have, if you ran two games back to back, it would be the same as a regular game. And it would be the same as having four people on the ice for that time period. So the, the clubs can actually charge a per hour rate, which would be identical to what they would charge for a four person game. Okay. And so it really helps out the clubs and some of their revenue to, to get this going and some of maybe the ice that they are, they're not using. Okay. So you've done a, um, 
mammoth job from what I'm understanding in Edmonton. Tell us, uh, you've organized this thing at St. Albert. How many stick curlers have you got going in St. Albert? And uh, tell us about the growth of the whole thing in Edmonton. Yeah, well, it, we're, we're certainly trying to promote the game. I guess that's my main job is to be a promoter of, of stick curling. Uh, the St. Albert uh, League, which uh, really got started from a gentleman called Milt McDougall, and uh, we're running uh, three leagues on Tuesdays, uh, five leagues on Fridays, and we actually this year started a ladies' league on Thursday. So it's uh, really going, and uh, we're trying to get it in every club in, in the city. Uh, we just had a clinic over at the Crestwood Club in, in Edmonton, and they're going to start a new league uh, after Christmas. So we got most of the clubs going in Edmonton. Regina, the Highland Club, is an amazing club. They've got uh, over 86 stick curlers going. Uh, there's a number of clubs across the country. Nova Scotia is doing a great job uh, with uh, Bruce Densmore and his his team out there in uh, Nova Scotia. So it's pretty much uh, going uh, a little bit uh, crazy across the country. It's starting to grow. It is definitely growing, and we're, we're certainly trying to get the name out there and let people uh, like do it. What about the rest of the world? Is it happening anywhere else except Canada to any degree? Not that we're aware of at the moment. We've been uh, in contact with a few people in different countries, but uh, we'd really like to you know, work with the World Curling Federation to maybe put on some clinics in different countries and, and get this thing going. Who, Randy, are um, most of the people who are participating? Um, my sense might be that it's, that it's people who used to curl in the normal game, you know, the bones uh, aren't what they used to be. The flexibility isn't. And, of course, this provides a great game to, to carry on and curl. It's kind of like moving up to the white tees, you know, from the backs, uh, it seems. Or <laughs> or are there people who are looking at curling for the very first time and starting with stick curling or, or jumping in to say, I only want to stick curl? That's 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 a great point, Jim. Uh, we'd, we'd certainly recommend brand-new curlers that have never curled before actually try stick curling first. And so they can see, visualize where the rock is going and how it curls and, and how much curl it takes on going down the ice. Or if you're in a fun spiel and you've never curled before, just take the stick and throw it with a stick and you enjoy the game with the rest of the, the people in the in the fun spiel that are that are doing that. So we like to think that we're we're age neutral, whether it's net gender neutral and abilities neutral in our game. So whether you're in a wheelchair, you may have a sore knee or disabled in some way that you can get out here and still enjoy this great game. Yeah. Question for you too, because this comes up all the time. Should stick curlers and regular curlers be playing together? And I kind of, I've always felt that it's two different types of game, particularly when it comes to the ability to throw a takeout. From what I understand with stick curling, once you uh, develop the skill to some degree, two players together, one from the hack, one from from the stick that... Uh, Maybe a night end of it at a recreational level that isn't an even, even playing field. What are your thoughts? Should they be mixed or should they be two separate games? I, I definitely feel they should be mixed, Warren. And, and, and you're right. I mean, uh, I'm a little older now and, and I do uh, make takeouts better with my stick than I, use, than I do with regular delivery. It's much harder to throw a draw with a stick than with your regular delivery. And so there's a compensating thing there. I'm really glad to see Curling Canada introduce the stick curling now into the Curling Club Championships. 
there so that you you can do that in the wheelchair as well as the masters and now the curling club championship you can play with a stick and so i'm really pleased to see that the mix that you can uh, do this together as all as all as one and everybody can enjoy the game so you have the canadian stick curling association and you guys organize and operate a canadian championship i think you have an open division and a women's division why the two divisions well we started with with just one division we felt we weren't getting enough women to our national championship and so we actually put together the women's division and and we've been running that now for a couple of years We've had a lot of discussion on this. Um, I know uh, people in Manitoba think that we just should have one division and it should be open to everybody and we should just do that. Uh, certainly with the diversity uh, conference that was held by Curling Canada in uh, Niagara Falls, there was a lot of discussion about diversity and what we should be doing. And uh, so there's a lot of dialogue that's going on in the executive as to how we're going to proceed in the future. Are we going to just have one division or do we have more divisions when we introduce maybe a mixed division as well? And, you know, a men, uh, you know, with the regular divisions of men mixed and, and women. But I think uh, there's a lot to be said about having an open, diverse uh, category that everybody can play. So one of the things about our Canadian Championship is it is an open event. So you don't have to win the province to go to the Canadian Championship. We'd like to take your money and, and join us for a great event. My dream is that we would have at least 100 teams at our Canadian Championship. And in the past, we've had it limited to 48 teams. But if we have enough ice available, we'd like to really encourage everybody across Canada to join us. I can, so I can pay a bit of cash and I can go to the Canadian Championships? After you get some training from me, Jim. Okay, we're going to do, we're, we're, we're gonna do that. Uh, what, um, t- tell me this, what, I'm only doing it though, Randy, okay? If there's no rules, okay? I don't want the tick, I don't want the no tick zone. I don't want the free guard five rock rule or any of that jazz. Is is it is it open season there with with stick curling uh, in terms of the rules inside the game? Yeah, well, we've got one rule out there that relates to that, and that's the first three rocks of the end can't be taken out, regardless if they're out front or in the house. So we want to try to uh, accommodate as many rocks as possible in in the to get the game started. We're not quite there with uh, the mixed doubles that Warren introduced, but we're talking about that as well as to how we can we can help that out. Uh, but I'd really think that maybe Warren introduced those mixed doubles and maybe we could get him to change those mixed doubles a little bit to have six rocks per end instead of instead of five rocks per end. Well, that's been suggested. I think there's been some events actually held using the six rocks, so maybe that's what's going to be coming. So how are you guys funded? You're operating Canadian championships. I assume the players going all fund themselves, but you've still got expenses involved to do that type of thing. How, how are you doing it? We're very fortunate to have a national sponsor, CIBC Wood Gundy is our national sponsor that, that helps us out to run these national events for us. So we're very fortunate to, to have them on board. Now you're an independent operation. You're not affiliated with Curling Canada. I'm kind of surprised at that. Well, we're, we're an affiliate membership. But you're, you're much like the Masters. Yeah, it's interesting. The Masters and Stick Curling, they don't get themselves tied to, but yet they're funding uh, a lot of the mix, the seniors, uh, curling club championship, etc. So I'm just wondering what kind of discussions have taken place with regard to them becoming more involved? 
Well, we'd certainly like to, to continue that uh, that dialogue, and we're certainly open to, to being part of the, the Curling Canada team. Um, and uh, I think we're still in, in some early discussions of how to do that, and I think it all comes down to to dollars and cents and the funding and the sponsorship in order to get us into the into the program. But I look at this, uh, this is huge. This is uh, how curling clubs can really up their ice utilization and how we can keep people involved at all ages. And I think particularly somebody coming into the sport later in life, maybe in their 50s or 60s, this is just an ideal way for them to do it. Because if you haven't grown up with uh, a slide out of the hack. I mean, if you take Jim out there and put him in a hack right now, he'll never get up again. So that's why he's going to have to have a stick curling. This is only hope. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell, t- tell me this. Uh, Jim, Jim's getting beaten with a stick right now today, okay? Jim getting, um, tell me this, Randy. Uh, you know, Warren brought that up about, about you know, ice time and, and getting clubs to let stick curling come in. Is, is, it, a, is it an issue, uh, Randy, or... You know, are, are the are the regular curlers uh, not too snobby to to let stick curling in? And are you getting normal ice time, uh, or is it a problem? Well, I think most of our our curlers are are senior curlers, and so they have the the time off during the day, and that's right. usually when the clubs have free ice available. And so we're very happy to take uh, that ice time in the middle of the day and and uh, fill up their their coffers with uh, the funds from our, our leagues. If somebody's listening out there that says uh, to us, wow, I want to try stick curling, how would they go about uh, getting involved? So probably the best way is through our, our website, the Canadian Stick Curling.ca uh, website. And uh, there's a, a comment form on there and they can uh, reach out to us and then we'll put them in touch with uh, the Provincial Association that uh, runs them or the club that we know about that, that that's run them there's a there's a nice little um, feature on our on our website that has all of the curling clubs in Canada on and it, it lets you know that there whether there's a stick curling uh, league going on in, in that particular club so we'd glad to help you out you know we have a a special uh, club called the six ender club uh, and we give out pins to anybody that sto- scores a six ender. It's a little easier than an eight ender, but uh, all and we've got pictures there of all the the people across Canada who scored six enders. So we're we're proud of that. Who uh, we, before I let you go, Randy? Uh, who who are the best stick curlers in the country? Uh, you know, in in regular curling, we always talk about you know Manitoba, Saskatchewan. The Ontario guys get upset when we say that, but. Uh, uh, where where are they coming from? Give a little shout out to to who are the top men's and women's stick curlers. Well, I think uh, our last year's champions, uh, our men's open division was uh, Norm uh, Magnuson and Resby Coots from Manitoba. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Our, our women's team uh, was from uh, Nova Scotia, Betty Matson and her her partner. But there's curlers across the country that are that are really involved in, in doing. Uh, they, they see the game now and they they want to try it out on a competitive basis. So we're we're looking forward to having everybody in Nanaimo, BC this year for our national championship at the end of March. Cool. Uh, you save one of those sticks for me, okay, Randy? We're gonna we're okay. gonna do this, man. And the other the other thing, Randy, that you absolutely must do is uh, I want you to put aside seven or eight of those uh six ender pins okay okay right. i'll be i'll, I'll be gr- 
I'm, I'm very good. I'm very. I'm an excellent student. Uh, Randy, this was great. Uh, so you and I are going to find you. We're, we're going to head up to your part of the world, up to St. Albert, and uh, do some stick curling. Thanks a lot, Randy, for joining us. And uh, congratulations on all, all you're doing for stick curling. We uh, appreciate you coming on this morning. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Randy. Okay, there we go. Another show in the books. So, Martin, you and I are in the same town. Uh, I'm going to stick curl. Okay, we uh, just heard from our guest. Uh, what what sort of handicap would you give me, Kevin? <laughs> if if you and I are stick curling against each other, yes. Hmm. I wonder how handicap yeah. would work in curling. Do I have to maybe give you a couple of points to start the game, sort of thing? Beautiful. Uh, and that that'll work well because we only get. Uh, I've decided one of the modifications is. You give me two points in end, uh, but we only throw two rocks each. So <laughs> I probably, I probably still lose. Great show, uh, lots going on in curling, and uh, of course this week again, get down to Oakville. Kevin will be there if you want to watch some great curling. It's the third Grand Slam event that is on there right now. Also, I want to thank Rod Paulson and his company, In House Strategies. He's been with us a long time since the start, and he handles our Facebook stuff. Uh, thanks a lot, Rod, for doing that. Uh, check it out. Check out the Facebook page and the group. Warren weighs in often on that sort of stuff. You want to email us again, insidecurling at gmail.com. Keep them short and you've got a chance of that being read on the air. So once again, insidecurling at gmail.com. Why don't you send us an email in the next 10 days because we're planning a special email show uh, just before Christmas and we get lots. So give yourself a chance. Keep it short though, right, Warren? Keep it short. The shorter the better. Yeah. Okay. And uh, maybe you'll get your email read on air. The World Financial Group Masters is on this weekend in Oakville. Uh, why don't you try and get down there and uh, catch the action? Maybe we'll run into Kevin. Get to the Pinty's Eat Well Zone. Kevin, you'll be there. Also, a big thank you to Sports Interaction, Coyote, Boost, and Goldline, who make all of this possible. We really appreciate it. Saturday morning, we're going to give you an update of what's going on and going into the weekend with the Grand Slam event in Oakville. So uh, tune in for that, okay? Uh, Kev, is your store open? I got to go down there and buy some sticks. <laughs> Get some sticks. Yeah. yeah, we got extra. We have extra special sticks for you, Jim. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? Like the hockey players do when they prank each other. I'm going to break your stick a little bit, but it'll look like it's not broken. And when you go to lean on it, okay, you're going to fall flat in your face. <laughs> oh, I, I got plans for you, Martin. I got plans. <laughs> Boys, thanks a lot. Uh, our two World Curling Hall of Famers, Warren Hanson and Kevin Martin. We do it each and every week. And not just one show. Uh, we got special shows, too, all throughout the year. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Inside Curling. See you, boys. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim.